the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, last weekend, the clouds disappeared and gave us a sunny weekend to enjoy walks and bike rides and everything else. This weekend, we're socked in. We've got a little bit of snow on the ground. It makes the ground look nice, but I don't think we're going to see any uh, sun. But this will be a good time to catch up on the to-do list and maybe get started on organizing the taxes, especially if we were expected to get a refund, get them in fast. And if we're lucky, uh, we may have Martin Luther King Day off on Monday. The banks and uh, bank and government offices will be closed. Post offices, schools, the stock and bond market, they'll also be closed. And in between relaxing and uh, odd jobs, <clears throat> we can review what's happening in the economy and see how that's affecting our investments. This week, global equities were mostly negative. In the United States, the three major uh, stock indices were down. In the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up for the week, while in the European Union, the DAC, the CAC, and the the stock Europe 600 were all down for the week. In Asia, China's Shanghai Composite 
was down for the week as well as uh, Japan's uh, Nikkei 225. In, uh, on Friday, <clears throat> the three major stock indices closed at Dow Jones closed at 35,911.81. So it was down uh, 0.88% for the week. The standard and poor 500 closed at 4,662.85. So it was down uh, 0.30 for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 14,000. 893.75, 893.75, so it was down 0.28% for the week. So <clears throat> if you took, take a look at the overall thing, oh, the Dow Jones was down less than uh, 1%, uh, a little bit less than 1% for the week, and the other two guys were down uh, less than one-third of 1% for the week. So this week, the, pand- uh, the pandemic continues. The Omicron variant continues to surge with more than 5 million confirmed cases over the past week. Hopefully, the number of daily cases will peak soon, uh, while hospitalization, uh, while near record levels, are only about 30% of what they might have been expected to be from previous uh, COVID waves. Uh, Vaccines, and especially booster shots, have led to dramatically lower levels of hospitalization and deaths. Indeed, the unvaccinated uh, account for a large majority of the serious COVID uh, hospitalization cases everywhere. And uh, apparently the government uh, directed the the purchase of more than uh, 500 million more at-home rapid COVID-19 tests for a total of 1 billion. So there's going to be 1 billion uh, rapid uh, COVID tests uh, being supplied to the uh, the uh, citizens and uh, the tests will be mailed to people who request them. And there will be a website that's set up and also a hotline so that you can order your uh, uh, rapid uh, COVID uh, tests. So important thing is that you get uh, vaccinated and get your booster shots. And I remember <clears throat> we talked about that booster shot before because, uh, you know, the, the studies have revealed that if you get your two shots of, uh, of the Pfizer or the Moderna, the, uh, uh, you're 95% immune, but then six months later, that immunity drops to about 65. So that's why you, you need your booster shot. And uh, I've got my three shots, and basically, what you're going, <laughs> what they're going, what they're going to probably, uh, you know, there, there are other other uh, places in the world where they're giving you four shots now. So uh, sooner or later, you're going to hear the word come down that uh, we're supposed to get another booster shot some other time in the in the, in the future. So uh, the Omicron has continued to. Uh, to drag on and, and be a drag on the economy for the rest of the January. And uh, but the uh, medical experts think that things will improve in February and March <clears throat> just because of the ramp up and ramp down of this uh, virus. And uh, for a, uh, a newsletter from J.P. Morgan, they report that uh, real economic growth, they expect real economic growth to slow from roughly 7% in the fourth quarter 
of last year to just 2% on the first quarter of this year before rebounding to about 3% over the rest of the year. You know, with uh, growth being helped by uh, pent-up demand and cons- for consumer goods and also strong capital spending. The economy is strong, and basically that's why we've got inflation, because uh, people are spending money. Uh, this week, inflation data showed strong inflation pressures. The U.S. Department of Labor presented the Consumer Price Index for December that showed the uh, the all-item uh, consumer price index for the last 12 months ending in the December at 7%. So the real numbers look like uh, <clears throat> real CPI numbers for December show the all-item CPI. And it, it rose a half of 1% from November to December, and it rose 7% over the last 12 months ending in uh, December. Now, if you take the core uh, CPI, which is basically the all-item minus uh, uh, food and fuel, uh, what you end up with is a uh, increase of six-tenths of 1% from November to December and an increase of 5.5% over the last 12 months ending in December. So inflation is uh, basically it's coming from an overwhelming, overwhelmed supply chain where the demand has just basically overwhelmed the supply in the transportation system. And it also comes from the increase in uh, commodities, you know, such as oil. Oil was up 50% last year. And, of course, you see uh, wage increases. Wage increases to the tune of, uh, I think, average of 5.8% over the past 12 months. So all these things are contributing to the to the inflation and the uh, Seven percent number uh, that gave even more uh, impetus to the Federal Reserve, who is starting to tighten the credit markets to control inflation. Uh, right now, they're reducing the bond buying uh, quantitative easing operation. That's where they were <clears throat> ever since uh, February of 2020. They've been buying 120 billion dollars of. Uh, Treasury and mortgage-backed securities a month, and uh, there's, there's, uh, they've started to slow that down, and they'll finally finish that in March. And at that particular time, according to the Wall Street Journal article, the Federal Reserve will stay, it'll start to increase the uh, uh, federal funds rate. Yeah, that's the overnight rate in March, and they'll probably follow that up with the uh, uh, three increases in June, September, and December, probably a one-quarter percent increase. Uh, that's just guesswork right now. Uh, we'll see the, uh, <clears throat> the Federal Reserve will have one of their Federal Open Market Committee meetings at towards the end of this month. I think it's the 25th and 26th, so we'll hear more about that then. Uh, but... <clears throat> The federal, the federal plan, the Fed plan calls for tightening the credit markets uh, by increasing the interest rates and then hence slowing down the economy and hence inflation. So in the end, the expectations are that we'll probably end up with maybe 3% inflation uh, going forward and uh, 
3% is basically the, the average over the last 30 years for inflation. So we're used to living with 3% inflation. Uh, <clears throat> over the last 10 years, ever since uh, uh, 2008, we've been living with inflation at about 1.7%. But uh, right now, it's totally out of hand. And, and basically, when they get it back into, sh- into shape, uh, we'll probably bring it down to 3% rather than try to get it down to 1.7% again. We'll talk about those CPI numbers later in the show. And if that's not bad enough, inflation is also visible in the producer's price index. And uh, that index addresses prices that suppliers are charging businesses and other customers. So the U.S. Department of Labor uh, data shows uh, shows numbers that are greater than the uh, consumer price index numbers. For instance, the uh, producer price index numbers for December, uh, producer prices uh, increased two-tenths of 1% from November to December, but uh, increased 9.7% for the 12-month ending in December. So, the 9.7 is basically comparable to the uh, the 7% for the consumer price index. Now, if you eliminate the, you go to the core uh, PPI, which eliminates certain terms, they increased uh, 0.5% from November through December, and 8.3% uh, over the last uh, over the 12 month period ending in December. So uh, it's the producer price index is even higher than the uh, consumer price index. And if you're looking for relief from some other place, it's not to be found because even if we look at import prices, uh, the import prices for December uh, show that the import prices decreased two-tenths of 1% from November to December, but we're up 10.4% over the uh, over the last 12 months ending in December. So which number do you like? Do you like 7% for the consumer price index or 9.7% for the producer price index or import, import prices increases of 10.4% over the 12-month period? So <clears throat> we'll discuss all that later in the show today. And... Uh, Basically, this week uh, marked the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, this is the second week in the uh, uh, the uh, uh, 2022, and it's also the first week of the, or the start of the fourth quarter uh, 2021 earnings season. So we're going to go over, they're, they're starting to produce the numbers for the fourth quarter of last year, and the big banks were up first. <laughs> and basically, what the what the numbers showed that the revenues were up there, and uh, but expectations moving forward uh, were not as uh, good as you saw in 2021, and also the expenses were up. So, uh, needless to say, the uh, uh, the stock indices went down, particularly the Dow, and as we move into 2022. <clears throat> corporate profits are expected to be squeezed by basically higher wage costs, 
uh, higher interest rates and possibly even higher taxes, depending upon uh, what the government, uh, the administration does. Uh, the key here is basically for the managers to protect the earnings. And uh, basically, they've been very good at protecting their earnings all the way through uh, 2020 and 2021 by basically passing the cost down to the next guy. Uh, it worked in 2021 where the uh, the earnings for the Standard and Poor 500 were up 40% above the earnings in uh, 2020, and uh, uh, <clears throat> they're estimating that the standard in four five hundred for two thousand earnings for two thousand and twenty two are expected to be about twenty five percent higher than two thousand and twenty one. So we'll see how all that works out. Economists are predicting a slowdown in earnings growth, uh, essentially because uh, the stimulus ended in the uh, third quarter of last year. Uh, the last remnants of the uh, of the uh, Fiscal uh, stimulus, uh, where the uh, unemployment, uh, extra unemployment benefits that ended in about Labor Day of last year. And then, in addition to that, the Federal Reserve is starting to uh, withdraw the monetary stimulus with the end of the bond buying and the increase in the interest rate. So, economists expect earnings growth to slow to uh, high. Uh, single digits in the year ahead and maybe even uh, low single digits in 2023. So uh, that's a concern to us as investors. But if we take a look and see what the effect of uh, increasing interest rates has been on the stock market in the past, uh, the Dow Jones uh, market data shows that uh, when the Fed raises the interest rates during that particular period where they're raising it, the average returns are uh, up uh, 54, 55% for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, up uh, 62.9% for the Standard and Poor 500, and up 100, 103% for the NASDAQ. So <clears throat> there is there is hope for us as, as investors in getting through this uh, uh, conquering the inflation thing. So, but uh, if you look at the consumer, they're still spending. Uh, the retail sales figures that came out in December, uh, they came out this week. They showed a small decline in uh, spending for December. But if you really look hard at the particular data in that particular report, you'll see that uh, uh, the decrease in the spending was due to a seasonable adjustment, you know, because basically because December is the best spending uh, time of the retail spending time of the year because of Christmas, and they put a seasonal adjustment on it. So the seasonal, with the seasonal adjustment, it appears that the retail spending in December went down a little bit, but the uh, when you actually take a look at the raw numbers, it showed that the retail spending uh, uh, was up 10% uh, from basically uh, 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 a year ago. So 
Uh, we'll talk about that all later show, and uh, uh, together we'll talk about industrial production and, and consumer sentiment, too. But one of the things we have to do in <clears throat> we're talking about the big picture, the big picture gives us some feeling of what the economy is doing and uh, what our investments uh, uh, gives us some indication of what our investments should be doing. But the most important part about all of this is the uh, the micro picture, and that's the picture that you and I uh, live in, and that's where we basically make our our plans and make our uh, goals. And depending upon where in in life you are, uh, the goals could end up anywhere from getting out of school and and uh, trying to figure out how to get a car and an apartment to uh, uh, a little later, we're starting to talk about uh, 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 getting married and uh, raising a family, and, and then we're talking about uh, houses and see if we can scrape together enough down payment for a house and uh, and what kind of house we can afford. And along with a family comes the standard of living uh, that... Uh, it cost is going to cost more and more and more as the children grow up, and uh, basically, then you're going to talk about the education and and uh, retirement. So, <clears throat> all these things have to be thought out and and planned out, and uh, it's not enough just to spend the money as it comes in the door and basically charge it when you run out of money. Uh, the secret is to realize that. Basically, we're going to make a lot of money in our career. Uh, the amount is uh, finite, and the cost to meet our expenses and expectations are basically enormous. For instance, if you're if your family, uh, if you make eighty thousand dollars a year over a forty-year career, uh, basically you're going to end up being paid uh, three million two hundred thousand dollars before you retire. It sounds like a lot of money, but uh, when we pay the bills for housing, cars, living, education, taxes, uh, we won't have anything left if we don't uh, manage it wisely. And managing it wisely means uh, uh, setting aside money for each one of those big events that's on our, our goals list and having put it aside uh, and for that particular, each one of those particular goals, we have to be able to manage it and uh, put it in the right investments. And if the investments aren't working, uh, come back and change the investments or uh, change the amount of savings that's going into that pot to be able to uh, uh, get to the proper uh, amount of money that's necessary when we get to that time, you know. For instance, like in retirement, if we're standing there at retirement, we're basically looking at uh, uh, Social Security. Uh, we're basically looking at a, a pension, which uh, in a lot of cases is uh, not there anymore because uh, ever since the ERISA Act, uh, the uh, Pensions have basically been replaced by the 401k because as far as the employer is concerned, they're much cheaper uh, than a pension. And uh, it's, it's your 401k is your money that you set aside. And 
that nest egg, uh, you know, you take out uh, a certain percentage of that uh, money uh, each year uh, to augment your uh, your uh, Social Security and your other pensions if you have them. And uh, basically that'll be the uh, amount that you uh, have to live on from 65 to uh, 95. Um, in 95 might cause a few eye rolls, you know, uh, who, who's going to live that long? <clears throat> but yeah, as, as time goes on, uh, you really realize that people are living longer and longer, longer and uh, uh, 65 today, you might uh, live to be 95, and uh, it's it's a time when, uh, you know, you can say that, well, I'll, I'll continue working, but the question there is, who's going to hire you? Um you all know that uh, there's an age discrimination that uh, has been going on. It might be less pronounced now than it was uh, in the good times when uh, when the labor market wasn't as tight as it is today. But uh, uh, there is age discrimination, and uh, the uh, the idea that you're going to keep on working uh, is kind of remote. You won't have. You might decide make that decision but you're not the real decision-maker. So what you have to do is uh, get yourself a financial plan, walk through the financial plan, uh, make sure that uh, it works for you, uh, include your uh, uh, the, the monies that you make, the uh, investments that you make, the uh, return on your investments, <clears throat> the insurance coverage necessary for your health insurance and your your life insurance and all the other liabilities that, are, um, that you're exposed to as you go through life. And basically, this is what we do um, for our clients. And uh, uh, it's something you can do on your own. And it's something that uh, if you don't have the time or inclination that we can help you with. So uh, it's something to, to think about in terms of how you're doing versus the whole uh, economy is doing. So uh, this is uh, Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, we do have a toll-free number that you can call and ask us a question. That, uh, it's 1-888-281-1110. I'll repeat that. It's 1-888-281-1110. So stay tuned. I'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultant Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. 
That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is yours this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you know, one of the things we're, we're focused on uh, this particular week is the uh, inflation numbers because uh, uh, the inflation numbers are, are something that uh, uh, is going to slow us down in terms of, you know, uh, we're not, uh, our wages are not increasing at 7% per year. Uh, like the uh, cost of living over the last 12 months. So uh, we're falling behind if we, unless we're getting uh, raises that exceed 7%. And, uh, uh, you know, all of us have been watching prices go up, the ones we know is the first are food and gasoline, because we buy those on a regular basis. And the U.S. Department of Labor, they keep track of these things. With their, uh, uh, they put out a report that... Uh, uh, tracks the uh, uh, rise, uh, the uh, rise in prices, and uh, uh, it's called the Consumer Price Index for December, and uh, that shows that uh, inflation accelerated again in December, and uh, uh, inflation uh, uh, pressures continue to be very very strong. Uh, we're looking at uh, uh, the uh, Numbers for October were uh, in the month of October. It went up uh, nine tenths of one uh, percent in one month. In November, it went up eight tenths of one percent. In December, uh, it finally moved. It finally started to come down, and it only in, in, only increased five tenths of one percent. So. If you take a look at the monthly increases in the consumer price index, it might appear that uh, the the uh, inflation rate is slowing down. So, but still, seven percent over a twelve-month period is a big number, even if the increases month by month are slowing down a little bit. So. Um, that seven percent the highest number since 1982. That was 40 years ago. So, uh, and uh, if you take away the food and the fuel, uh, and the Federal Reserve uh, generally does that because the food and fuel are international commodities, and basically they're very volatile. So, if you take away food and fuel, that seven percent comes down to 5.5 percent over the last 12 months. Which uh, you know is certainly doable. In other words, getting inflation down from 5.5 to let's say 3 percent uh, is what the Federal Reserve is basically looking at now, um, and they're going to you know it caused a little hiccup uh, a week ago, over a week ago, when the, the the minutes of the Federal Reserve meeting in December showed that. Not only were they, uh, they were uh, stopped their bond buying operation, 
but they were also increasing the interest rates. And at that time, going to increase the interest rates. At that time, the question was, is it going to happen in March or, or uh, uh, June? Well, right now, most people think it'll happen in March. And uh, at that time, they were also talking about selling bonds. And uh, that will, all of those things, the three things, uh, uh, stop, stop buying bonds, uh, increase the interest rates, and selling off bonds. All of those tend to tighten up the um, the credit markets, and the idea is to be careful because you, know, you don't want to cause a recession. Um, and uh, they've come close to that before in this type of operation. So basically, what you're seeing right now is everybody's increasing prices. If you take a look at the National Federation of Independent Businesses, uh, these are the small business owners. Uh, 57% of them said that they've been, they've, uh, in December, said that they've raised prices. Uh, the uh, the uh, index of the all items, less uh, food and fuel, as I remarked before, that went up six tenths of a percent in December alone and uh, five tenths in uh, the month before. So uh, the uh, U.S. Energy. Um, Information Administration uh, takes a look at the uh, what it costs to heat your home, and this winter, depending upon how you heat your home, uh, basically uh, heating oil. If you use heating oil, uh, your heating bills will be up 43 percent this winter. National uh, or natural gas, it'll be up 30 percent. Electricity will be up six percent. And if you eat your home with propane, it will be up 54%. So all these, these uh, in, inflation is coming from all sorts of different places, even the cost of housing. Um, housing is up uh, something like 18% uh, over the last per year over the last couple of years. So uh, things are getting to the point where, for instance, like uh, uh, food costs, uh, food costs, which are basically 14% of that uh, consumer price index basket of goods, have jumped a half a percent for the month and uh, over 6.3% year over year. Uh, energy costs, that dipped a little bit in December, but uh, was up 29.3% uh, over the year, with gasoline being up... Uh, 49.6% over the last year, natural gas being up 24.1%, uh, and electricity being up 6.3%. And also, when you take a look at um, used cars and trucks, what you're seeing there is that the used cars have bumped up again, and uh, uh, cars make up about 4% of the basket. And uh, uh, brand new cars uh, moved up about, uh, 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 I think, about 11% over the last 12 months, whereas used cars are up about 37% over the last 12 months. So and that's because uh, the new car production has uh, been sidelined by the lack of computer chips. So what we're seeing is that... Uh, uh, 
used cars, late model used cars are in big demand. They're in big demand from several viewpoints, not only from the uh, usual consumer market, but also the uh, uh, the rental cars. Uh, uh, they generally are one of the buyers of the new cars, so they're into the used car market too. And uh, I was just out in Denver um, you know, for Christmas, and uh, what did I see? I'm, I'm driving a, I'm driving a, 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 a big uh, a Yukon that had, uh, I think it was fifty thousand or sixty thousand miles on it, so which is very unusual. For the reason I'm driving a bigger car is because I'm visiting my daughter out there. And there's basically uh, there's uh, uh, six of them, so. Uh, Takes a little bigger car to get everybody in, but um, prices are going up. Uh, uh, and what we're going to see now is uh, we're going to see the, uh, the Federal Reserve start to increase the interest rate. Uh, how long it's going to take to get it down? Uh, uh, I suspect it'll be you know at least uh, six or six or nine months. You know, there was the original prediction on the inflation was that it was going to be a temporary thing that uh, uh, it'll be over just by itself once we get the uh, supply chains unclogged. But uh, now there are other things that are coming into the inflation, such as uh, the wage increases and things of this nature. There are things that these are things that are stickier than uh, the normal uh uh, increases. So uh, once you give a person a raise, it's, it's impossible to take the raise back. So that's why you're seeing a lot of your increases in wages coming as bonuses rather than uh, stepping up the uh, real wage. Also, we take a look at um, what's behind the consumer price index, and that's the producer price index. And uh, the producer, producer price index uh, Shows uh, it's it's alarming in the sense that um, it shows a big increase. It shows in, for instance, like in December. Uh, December, if you take a look at the uh, the uh, uh, prices for the final goods, uh, they're up nine point seven percent over the last twelve months. But in December, the month of December, they only went up two-tenths of 1% versus the previous month. If you take a look at November uh, numbers, you saw that uh, November numbers were approximately equal over a 12-month period, and they were 9.8% versus 9.7%, but they had increased 1% from uh, October to November. And they, from November to December, they only increased two tenths of one percent, which gives us um, all hope. You know that uh, uh, it won't be that difficult to get this thing uh, under control. So, um, you know, the uh, uh, core prices decreased uh, five tenths of a percent in November. They were slower than the pace for much of the last year and uh, much higher than, oh, this is for the, uh, the core 
uh, producer price index. Okay, so and then you got the import uh, prices, which hey, there's no there's no uh, shelter there either in the sense that uh, if we're taking a look at what import uh, prices have happened in the, the last 12 months, they've gone up to 10.4 percent over the 12 month period. But uh, in December, uh, they went down two tenths of a percent from November to December after moving up seven tenths of a percent from October to November. So maybe there's a little help there, um, you know, because it seems to be rounding off. But anyway, you look today, it's inflation, inflation, inflation. So uh, um, basically, the, the, uh, uh, what we're going to see is the uh, increase in interest rates. I think the 30 year uh, mortgage rates, uh, the latest I saw of them was they moved up from uh, basically 3% uh, to either 3.4 or 3.5%. That's uh, for the, for the uh, uh, regular 30 year mortgage rates. So, uh, things are increasing already, and they're going to get uh, they're going to get higher and higher. So uh, that's going to cause a increase in home buying as uh, people try to get uh, uh, get the purchase and get their loans squared away before it increases even more. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. That's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. I don't mind you coming here, wasting all my time. Cause when you're standing all so near. Welcome back to Get Rich Glow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. I'm sitting here watching the uh, uh, watching this uh, beautiful snow-capped uh, landscape, <laughs> and uh, I, I guess uh, I'm feeling uh, happy. I'm feeling comfortable that uh, we're not involved in that big snowstorm that's moving up the uh, uh, the east coast, where I guess the places in North Carolina and South Carolina are getting hit with 12 inches of uh, snow. You know, and you know they don't have the snow the snow uh, removal equipment that we have in this area, so they're in bad, bad shape. So I hope we don't get any of it here. So, Colleen, uh, did we have a? Yeah, we, we did. We we Come had back. a question from Paul. It's a great question. He wants to know how much do people generally pay for their Medicare Part B premium, and he heard that there's going to be an increase in 2022. So he'd like to kind of know what that increase is and, you know, what it is all going to cost, bottom line. All right. The bottom line is going to cost you uh, for the, of course, the uh, Medicare A is free. 
course, you've been paying for the last since 1965. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's free. Uh, Medicare Part B is the one we're talking about, and, and uh, that's $170.10. Uh, that'll be the standard uh, Part B premium amount for uh, 2022—$170.10. And, and that's the, that's the part that the standard uh, premium account is the amount that most people uh, pay. Although, uh, you know, uh, if you make more than a certain amount of money, then you're going to pay a higher level than that because. Uh, if you take a look at the uh, Medicare, uh, the, the premiums that are paid by the by us, the uh, beneficiaries of the Medicare program, they only cover about 25% of the program cost for Part B, and the government pays the other 75%. But what they do to try to recoup that 75%, is they impose surcharges on higher-income beneficiaries. The theory is that higher-income beneficiaries can afford to pay more for their health care. That's always the government story. Uh, and so instead of doing a 25-75 split, uh, they, 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 they increase it. It's called the uh, income-related monthly adjustment amount. So... Uh, what you do is if you make less than if you're a um, uh, filing individual tax return, you make less than 91000 Or if you're filing a joint return, it's double that. If you're making less than $182,000, uh, you are going to pay the standard $170.10 per month for the Part B. Now, if you're uh, above ninety-one thousand as a single um, uh, taxpayer, between ninety-one and one hundred fourteen thousand, or you know, a double those numbers for a uh, joint return that would be one hundred eighty-two to two hundred twenty-eight. You're going to be paying two hundred and thirty-eight dollars and ten cents. And there's several more steps, but. Uh, the, the the one that uh, if you're making over a hundred and seventy thousand as a single taxpayer, but less than five hundred thousand, or if you double those numbers, well, you double the the uh, you go from for a joint uh, um, tax account, uh, you're going to be uh, from three hundred forty thousand to less than seven hundred fifty thousand. You're going to be paying. $544.30 per month for Part B. So depending upon the uh, amount uh, uh, that you're uh, putting down as your yearly income uh, for 2020, uh, you're going to be paying um, perhaps more than $170.10. The limits, the upper limits for the $170.10 premium or $91,000 for an uh, uh, individual tax uh, return, uh, $182,000 for a joint tax return. And if you're below that, you get the, the uh, standard premium at $170.10. And if you're Several steps above that, if you're making over $170 but less than $500 for an individual, or 
340,000 to 750,000 for a uh, joint uh, uh, tax return, then you're going to have to bite the bullet and pay $544.30 for uh, the Part B. So uh, it's an increase over uh, increase over last year, but uh, you know the government they they uh, increased our our uh, social security by I think what is it six percent or something like that, and uh, so they're going to uh, increase our uh, Medicare premiums to go along with that. <laughs> Nothing changes in this world. Uh, Let's let's go on and talk about uh, what we talked about before in terms of retail sales. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, retail sales were uh, December. Uh, the uh, uh, the retail sales for December, the the uh, seasonably adjusted rates. Uh, were $626.8 billion uh, in December from $639.1 billion in November. But that's according to the U.S. Uh, Department of Commerce's report advanced monthly sales for retail and food services for December. And uh, that report indicated that the December sales were down 1.9% uh, from November. But in reporting their data, the U.S. Uh, Department of Commerce adjusts for seasonal variations to smooth out the data. And since December is generally the biggest retail month of the year, it has the largest adjustment. So reviewing the raw data, uh, the raw data in the report shows that on a uh, non-seasonally adjusted basis, retail sales exploded higher in December up uh, 10% month-over-month. Uh, month. So what you saw in uh, December was the retail sales came in at $715 billion and uh, retail sales in uh, November were $650 billion. So um, if we compare uh, retail sales and in, in food services uh, that are not... Uh, uh, seasonably adjusted, we see that uh, in 2021, the retail sales were up 19.3%. So basically, you know, the, you could say, well, not really 19.3% because of inflation, but 19.3% uh, uh, is bigger than any inflation number that uh, anybody's put on the table so far. So um, retail sales have gone up uh, in December and also for last year versus uh, uh, 2020. So if you take a look at uh, the uh, uh, try to take a look at the last three months of the year, say, you know, because of the buying season, Christmas buying season really goes from October, November, December. Um, uh, that's, and if you take a look at that particular period in 2021 versus 2020, what you'll see is the retail and food services went up 17.1%, uh, 
retail sales, without the food services, without 15%. Motor vehicles and parts were up 12%. Furniture was up 14%. Electronics and appliances were up 15%. Uh, uh, food and beverages were up 8.3%. Health and personal care was up 8 Gasoline was up 46%. Clothing was up 32%. What you're seeing there in this whole thing is the food and uh, food services and drinking places up 36% over the last year. What you're seeing there is that uh, the economy is very strong. And that's basically why you're seeing uh, the inflation numbers that you're seeing, because basically uh, people do have uh, the wherewithal to, to spend. And what you're seeing is that uh, according to the Department of Commerce, they look at the uh, roughly, there's roughly another $2 trillion in savings uh, uh, that are still in the bank accounts for the consumers. So the consumers are uh, capable of continuing their spending operation. So in any case, uh, uh, what it is is an indication of of what uh, six trillion dollars in in uh, fiscal stimulus will do for an economy. So uh, one of the places we look and say, hey, uh, what are people really talking about? We find that in the uh, uh, survey of consumer reports from uh, University of Michigan, and this latest one for December shows that the people are mainly concerned about uh, inflation and uh, even more so than unemployment. So the major concern is, is uh, what is inflation going to do and uh, how are we going to um, how are we going to protect our standard of living for the inflation uh, against inflation. So that's a concern to just about other together with this uh, with this issue and problem of uh, the uh, COVID, the uh, Omicron. So, uh, but I, I look at it and I say uh, it should not be a long-term, conquering inflation shouldn't be a long-term project. It'll probably take about nine months this time, uh, maybe from now till almost the end of this year. So it'll be, I think, under control. So. This is Jim McAleese, listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Today with the COVID, we're more isolated than before. Now there's even greater need to reach out and help others. And here's a story from Paul Harvey. As, as she stood in front of her fifth grade class on the very first day of school, Mrs. Thompson Look forward to the new school year. Except there in the front row, slumped in his seat, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs. Thompson had watched Teddy the year before and noticed that he did not play well with the other children, or his clothes were messy, and he constantly needed a bath. In addition, Teddy would be unpleasant. He got to the point where Mrs. Thompson would actually hold take delight in watching this paper with a broad red pen, making a bold X and then a big F at the top of the paper. 
At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she's required to review each child's past records. However, when she reviewed Teddy's file, she was in for surprise. Teddy's first grade teacher wrote, Teddy is a bright boy with a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He's a joy to be around. Second grade teacher wrote, Teddy's an excellent student, well liked by his classmates, but he's troubled because his mother has a terminal illness. Third grade teacher said his mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest. The fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends and he sometimes sleeps in class. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem and she was ashamed of herself. On that very day, she quit uh, teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic. Instead, she began to teach children. Mrs. Thompson paid particular attention to Teddy. She worked with him and his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded. By the end of the year, Terry had become one of the smartest children in the class. A year later, she found a note under her door from Teddy indicating that he, she was the best teacher he ever had in his whole life. Six years later, Teddy wrote that he had finished high school, third in his class, and he was, she was still the best teacher. Four years later, wrote that he would soon graduate from college with honors, and she was still the best teacher. And four years later, a, later, a letter came, thank you, Mrs. Thompson, for believing in me. Thank you so much for making me feel important and showing me that I can make a difference. The letter was signed, Theodore Stoddard, M.D. Mrs. Thompson wrote back, Terry, you got it all wrong. You were the one who taught me that I can make a difference. And so don't assume you know everything. You have no idea what someone's life is all about. Miracles often happen as simple steps of kindness and compassion. So... Until we meet again next week, for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, Call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.